Good morning, Trinity Church. Greetings to the western part of the Diocese of Ohio and all disciples from across the cyberspace to wherever and whenever you might be watching this. I'm the Reverend Christopher Decatur, the priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm truly excited and honored to have received an invitation from your priest, a dear friend of mine, the Reverend Lisa Tucker Gray, for extending an invitation to join you in one of your Trinity at Home services and to share a message that was given to the wider diocese as we celebrate the Feast of Absalom Jones. What is so lovely about this time is that I've actually had the opportunity to worship with Trinity online. And goodness, has this community fed my soul. So I really thank you for that. It keeps me eager to meet you in person one day and to worship with you in Toledo. It is truly a privilege to gather with you on this day as we celebrate how God has been and continues to move in our lives right here and right now. And yes, God is at work right here and right now. I'm excited to continue to walk with you as we walk in that way of Jesus, as we continue to walk in that way of love, which ultimately changes this world. So on this day, I give thanks to each of you for taking a pause in your day. And that's a big deal. And centering yourself on our one loving, liberating, and life-giving God. So Trinity, won't you pray with me and for me this morning? God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has led, brought us as far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray. Amen. We all have a story, a story that is living, that is constantly growing, a story that is sacred, filled with laughter, filled with joy and curiosity. We all have a story, a story that is filled with hardship, oppression, filled with illness, fear, filled with doubt and heartbreak. A story that has changed us and helped form us into the disciples that we are today. A story that has ultimately changed lives around us. We all have a story. As a child, the basketball court was always sacred ground. It was the place where my sisters and I would go out and play, or the place where I would go to get on their nerves while they were playing. It was the place that was the piazza, the gathering place for the neighborhood kids after school, or where we would lay out a blanket and have an urban picnic. It was the place where I would learn something new, whether it was how to spell my name with chalk on the blacktop, how to shoot a basket, or how to drive. The basketball court was where I stood when my dad told me about how to walk through the world that surrounded us as a black man, the world that wouldn't see me, the world that would defy me. 
The basketball court was the place where I cried at night, when being bullied in school, when others labeled me as not being man enough or simply made me feel that I wasn't enough. It was the place where I yelled at God when my dad told me he had cancer, where I cried out for joy when graduating high school and sat silently and listened as God ignited my heart and opened up my mind to imagine a life where I might be called to the priesthood. I'm not sure if there was a place or maybe places for you, maybe even Trinity, that has served as the rock the foundation of many moments in your story, a place that brings you life, but has also managed to bring you heartache. A few years ago, I got to watch a group of young African-American children build a similar relationship with their neighborhood court. I met these kids when volunteering at their school's mentoring program. In addition to being present once a week in their classrooms with colleagues of mine to discuss theology and to reflect on the obstacles that they were facing at school and in their lives at home, we would occasionally all gather for lunch and sometimes offer after-school programming where they could gather together in prayer and watch movies together and, of course, play a game or two of basketball on the court. Every Friday night, after the after-school programs would end around 7 p.m., my colleague Jacob and I would always hear one of the kids call out, Chris, Jacob, I had a very bad day at school. If it is okay with my mom, can we walk to the court and talk? Hey, Chris, I have something exciting to tell you. I would have told my dad if he was alive, but can you meet me so I can tell you? This routine happened almost weekly, and sometimes daily, one of the kids would ask their parents if they could call to see if Jacob and I would want to meet them at the neighborhood basketball court to talk and to shoot hoops. One night, I didn't hear from them. I figured that they must have had a lot of homework or that, this, that the school had other programming. But then 7.45 came around and the phone rang. Chris? Marcus whispered. Hey, Marcus, why are you whispering? He began to cry. I'm trying to be brave, Chris, but I need you to come and get us, okay? Marcus, what's going on? We're at the court, and someone has a gun. In that moment, my heart sank. Marcus, where are you? Who all is there? It's all of us and we're hiding in the bushes. Please, Chris, hurry. I ran out of the house, called Jacob, and he too was on his way. And with each stride I made running, I cried out, God, we need you, please, God. Don't let anything happen to them. You have never abandoned us. Let them be okay. As I arrived, I saw that the police had already gathered. I looked around quite distraught and didn't see Marcus. I looked over and saw the bushes that lined the church's parking lot. And as I walked over, there in the bushes they were, holding close to one another, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, 
an eight-year-old. And of course, out of all nights, one of them brought one of their siblings, the two-year-old. They leaped out of the bushes, the older two removing their hands away from the mouths of the younger who were trying to keep them quiet and all grabbed on to Jacob and I. Chris, we didn't want to call home. We knew our parents would panic. Thank you for coming. We were so scared. Why call us? Jacob asked. You get us. You love us, they replied. I stood there with tears taking over my eyes, holding on to each of them. Then Langston, one of the kids said, as we awaited on you, I didn't know what to do. You did the right thing, Langston, Jacob replied. I know, we prayed, he said. I thought I was going to die. I needed to be strong. I tried not to cry, Justin said. At that moment, I looked to Justin and told him it was okay to cry. He gave me a look where I could see in his eyes that this world has never affirmed that it was okay for him to do such a thing. I thought we would get in trouble, Tony said. Why, I asked. Because we are black boys. That's what I always see on the news, Chris. No one, no one was going to believe us. As a child, the basketball court was always sacred ground. It was where we laughed. It was where we grew. And on this night, as I stood with the next generation, I watched sacred ground be a place that I knew they would now fear. As Jacob and I walked back to their homes and met with each of their parents, I encouraged the boys to not let that night keep them from returning to the court. I feared if they begin to give up the court, what will they have to give up next? As difficult, as fearful, and as sad and angry as I was in that moment, angry about how the boys thought they wouldn't be seen, they wouldn't be believed, they wouldn't have been loved, they wouldn't have been safe, I knew, I knew that we have a faith, we have a God who has called us to be always grounded in love, to be bound with one another, who has called us to be resilient. In today's scripture lessons, we hear in the gospel, according to John, Jesus teaching the disciples the importance to love one another. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus is telling the disciples that the roots, the foundation of the message that he has come to bring to the world, the message that God is bringing the world is that we must, we must love one another. Jesus' message on this day is that this love is one that frees us. This love is one that bridges us into a stronger, a closer relationship with God. That this love is one that brings us into a closer and stronger relationship with one another. This is what God is asking of us. This is what Jesus has commanded of us. And this is what we are called to do and to bring into this world that is crazy 
waving such a message. This is what we are called to do and to bring into this world that is hungry for such food. This is what we're called to bring into this world that is yearning for a message to come from disciples such as you and me. Now, Trinity, are you still with me this morning? If you're still with me, just put in the chat box or put in the comments if you're with us on Facebook Live. Just let us know that you are still with me. I need to know, are you willing to take on such a task? Because the vo Christian vocation that we have, this faith journey that we are walking with the God who has called, that has named us as friends, as children, as living members that make up that divine body in the world, who are to bring a message of love, to be a message of love in this world, to share a message that can seem so simplistic and easy, is actually one of the most difficult and dangerous tasks that we can take on. See, we're living in a world where black and brown lives are questioned whether they matter. We're living in a world where even the existence and significance of a wall are seen as more valuable than the life of a child of God. We are living in a world where preteens, where children are hiding in the bushes, praying to a God who they know loves them because they fear that no one else around them will show them the same love, that they will believe them, that no one else around will see them. My friends, this world needs love. Go! and share this message because we are living in a world where our sacred spaces, our basketball courts, our schools, synagogues, mosques, churches are becoming a battleground. They're becoming places where lives are lost and souls are crushed with our words and a deafening silence. Trinity Church, in all that you do and all that you come to be, you must bring love, you must bring peace, you must bring and be justice. This is your call. Go and bring this message of love to the world. Go and bring this church. Jesus, we need you. We need you to be relevant. We need you to make a difference. We need you to change a life. We need you to change the world because we are living in a world where our queer community, our trans family, are failing to see that people of faith receive them with love where women still await the day for their voices to be heard within the stained glass walls, where children are questioning whether a life of faith makes a difference. Saints, Jesus brings us a message today that is one that is of love. And it's pretty straightforward. And yet, it's complex. We have struggled with it year after year. And as we journey through this pandemic and polarized society that we find ourselves in, we still continue to struggle with such a message. And there's no doubt that is why we remember this message. We remember this call to walk in this world being drenched in our Christian vocations as we celebrate the feast day of Absalom Jones.
A disciple whose sacred ground had to be fought for. A disciple whose church didn't make room for him, and yet he had to show that his life mattered. A disciple who was enslaved to a wealthy Anglican planter in Delaware who was educated and later brought to Philadelphia. A disciple who, while in Philadelphia, continued to climb an uphill journey, pleading over and over and over again to have his freedom bought and denied over and over and over again as he was seen as profitable. He was seen as no, nothing less, nothing less, nothing less than a worker. Nothing less, his humanity was gone. His life didn't seem to matter. We remember on this day a saint, a disciple, a child of God like you and me, who later met Richard Allen at St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church and became friends. There they achieved greatness. They loved one another. They lived and acted in a way of love, founded the Free African Society, helping many black and brown children financially, a first of its kind, served as faithful ministers of the church, proclaiming Jesus' message, leading into a growing black community who was then forced into segregation. And yet, he persisted. A disciple who left became affiliated with the Episcopal Church, building the African Church of Philadelphia, and provided pastoral leadership, prayer, and fought long and hard to be recognized as a minister of the church and to later be ordained a deacon and a priest. He didn't abandon God's fundamental teachings and call on his life. Absalom, a strong preacher, a faithful disciple, dedicated his ministry speaking up for the oppressed, fighting for justice, teaching love, even in a life where love was not always given, even in a life where he was not always believed or seen. He stayed true to his call. He never gave up on his vocation, he saw it as a life and death matter, which eventually paved the way for me to be ordained just a few weeks ago and to continue onward in the struggle within the same institution, within the same nation, and within the same world. Like Absalom, we as disciples are being called on this day in the midst of our own sufferings, in the midst of our own joys, in the midst of our own doubts, to be God-bearers in this world and to share the power of our saving God, to share love. As disciples, we are being called on this day to follow in the radical life, the countercultural life that Jesus has demonstrated here on this earth which he invited us into. We have been equipped with all that we need to go out into this world and to give them love, to bring it justice, and to shake it up and to create something new. We are being called by our God to be resilient and to keep strong, to keep bound to a faith that is rooted in God's deep hope, a faith that is rooted in God's strength, where we are rooted in God's liberating and life giving power. Now, are you with me, church? Because we can't miss this message. 
We must remember to live into our discipleship, to live into our Christian identities, because those around us are counting on us. Like our neighbors, our children on the basketball court, young boys, young men, especially young black boys, are looking for a mentor. They are looking for a role model. They are looking for a disciple. They are looking for someone to demonstrate the faithfulness of a love of a God that sees them. They're looking to hear your sacred story and to hear how our God, how your faith has liberated you, how your faith has kept you walking on this stony path, how this God has kept you resilient. They are looking to hear about how your faith in a God who can and will and does liberate them, a God who sees that they're life matters, that sees that they are not defiant, that sees that their life has hope, that sees that manliness that lies in their tears, that courage grows from that fear, that sees that even in the darkest places that this world places them in, because we know that this world will not only place them into those dark places, but will try to keep them there. But we know that and we must share our faith in a God that will and does lift them up and brings them into lights. Disciples, we need you to live into your vocational calling because the sisters among us, God's daughters, especially our black women, need to make sure that you reflect and live into a faith that destroys the injustices that keep their voices silent, the oppression that comes from a patriarchal society that refuses to respect their dignity that refuses to pave a way for them to leave and grow and thrive, that refuses to see their humanity, that refuses to see their divinity. This world needs you to be faithful disciples. This world needs you to be resilient disciples, bearing love at all costs, to be a witness of our God's love that surpasses all understanding, that saves us all, to be a witness, to be a household, to be the church that serves and embodies the work of our Lord. Disciples, Trinity, you're probably like, whoa, <laughs> this is quite a lot this morning. I am asking a lot of you today. I'm asking a lot of myself today. God is asking a lot of us today, especially when we may be tired, when we may be exhausted from the years of having to maintain such a resilient faith. But our God is still resiliently working and abiding with us. Our God is still speaking to us and is asking us to continue to live and move and have our being rooted in our salvation story in a way where those around us can see and feel the power of our loving faith. So go and be the faithful leaders in this world. Go and be role models in this world that point the way to our strength, that point the way to our God. Go into this world. You don't have to be a savior. We already have a God who is our salvation. This world doesn't need you to take on that task, but this world does need you to show the power and grace of a faith that is dependent 
on that foundation. So go into this world being ready to share a story and proclaim the word and both your word and action that will challenge others, that will challenge you, and that will change those around you. Whether you're on the basketball court, behind a Zoom screen, in your church or wherever you might find yourself, go and share a word of love that will ultimately change this world. Trinity, we all have a story, a story that is living, that is constantly growing, a story that is sacred, filled with laughter, filled with joy, curiosity. We all have a story, a story that is filled with hardship, oppression, filled with illness, fear, filled with doubt and heartbreak. A story that has changed us and helped form us into the disciples we are today. A story that has ultimately changed lives around us. We all have a story. Today, I share with you some of mine. Today, we remember some of Absalom's. Now, will you go and share some of yours? God love you. God bless you. May God keep you held within those loving arms. Amen.